This is my second interview with Chitsu, who's the youngest child of Uwin Tan. As I indicated in the first episode, we plan to read in different chapters of the book. And today, Chitsu is going to start with two chapters, the first one called Elephant and the second one called Caged Bird. Over to you, Chitsu, to start. Elephant. It was past lunchtime on Tuesday, 23rd September 2008. The warden two of Qatar prison came to my cell to inform me that I was to be freed later that day. In jest, I asked him to reconfirm my release with the authorities in case he was not sure. He said this was no, no joke and asked me to pack up my belongings. I did not have a lot of things to take home. I decided to give away my food, blanket, mosquito net, and some clothes to other inmates whom I would be leaving behind. By then, I had spent almost 15 months within the walls of Qatar prison, a relatively small facility housing approximately 400 inmates. An officer of the special branch, SB or the secret police, took me to a guest house in town. The owner happened to be someone who had attended the Defense Service Academy, my alma mater. He left the army as a captain, got married, and set up his this guest house in his wife's hometown. He kindly let me use the telephone at the reception desk for long-distance calls. I rang my wife, who had already left Rangoon for Qatar to visit me in prison. She had already reached Mandalay. As she learned of my release, she became unsure whether she should wait for me in Mandalay or continue traveling all the way up to Qatar. At the news of my release, my daughter in Australia and my son in the United States called me at the guest house. If I remember correctly, some international news agencies, such as the British Broadcasting Corporation, BBC, and the Voice of America, VOA, also called. That night, I had trouble falling asleep. That was probably natural. My prison sentence this time around was supposed to be 14 years, lengthy indeed. But I was never going to let my long drawn out incarceration break my spirit. Of course, I was delighted to be let out after merely 12 years in previous jails. What a pleasant surprise. The next morning, the same SD officer came to the guest house and took me to a shop near the town's market for breakfast. While I was enjoying my rice noodles, I noticed a lot of motorcycles passing by one after another. Both the bikes and bikers were covered in dirt. They stopped and gathered somewhere not too far from noodle shop. When I inquired, the SB officer said these motorcycles were smuggled from China. Throughout the night, they had been ridden along the muddy road from the Chinese border, and in the morning, they were received here in Qatar. Each rider was being paid 30,000 jets for each trip. He added that even members of the security forces and civil servants were in on the scheme as an extra source of income. You folks just stand by and let it happen? I asked. He just shrugged. After breakfast, he took me back to the guest house. 
we saw a police jeep parked in front of the guest house. I said to my FB minder that it must not be a good sign. Someone got out of the jeep and introduced himself as the deputy police chief of Sagain Division. He said his superiors had instructed him to bring me in for a chat. At my request, he allowed me a moment to get my things inside the guest house. Then his jeep took us the same way back to Qatar prison. Once at the gate, he said, well, let's go inside. Just like that, I was back in prison. I was not at all expecting that I would be rejailed almost right away the day after I was released. I was let out around 4 p.m. on Tuesday, 23rd September 2008, and I was put back in around 9 a.m. on Wednesday morning. I was a free man for 17 hours. 17 hours of freedom I got to take. This treatment did not shock me. Because I had had a career as a military officer, I had been well acquainted with several military bosses. I knew how their minds worked. I knew some of them would not hesitate to inflict injustice on anyone. So, I was not at all shaken up by this ill treatment. In fact, the person who found himself in shock was the prison warden. By the look on his face, I could tell he was sorry to see me back inside. I was not taken back to my cell right away. I was offered lunch at the office near the prison gate. I overheard the warden speaking to his superiors on the phone. He said to them that, as instructed, he had released me the previous day, that he was now seeking verification that I was to be re-imprisoned, and then he would hold me at the office until he received their confirmation. As I had lost some sleep the previous night and just had a full lunch, I fell asleep at the office. That evening, the warden walked me back to my cell. He was feeling bad about having to take me back inside the prison. By then, my fellow inmates had already learned that I was back inside. I was clear that everyone was feeling sad for me. The funny thing was that I now had to ask my jailmates to return the clothing and bedding items, which I had left for them the day before. My wife was beside herself when she heard that I was back in prison. She had earlier decided to wait for me in Mandalay. She finally arrived in Qatar two days later than initially planned. She took all her anger out on me. I just kept silent and listened to her vent and rant. She expressed how stressful and tiring it had been for her while I spent most of my time behind bars. She repeatedly said how the prison visits had wasted her precious life. If I ever got out of prison, she would not want me to even think about taking part in any political activity. As I believe, she was right. I did not respond. In 1989, when I was first detained, she was only 36 years old. Now, in 2008, she was 55, and she had to continue seeing me in prison. I perfectly understood her frustration. During a previous episode of my several imprisonments, I had told her I appreciated her sacrifice for me. I realized how much she had lost out because of me. She had to raise our children on her own and support me in prison at the same time. If she were to stop visiting me in prison or she decided to live her life whichever way she deemed fit, 
or even if he wanted to leave me and marry someone else, he would be fine with me. My ward then enraged her, and she accused me of insulting her. At later stages of my captive life, more than once I found myself repeating those same words to my wife. I am still immensely grateful to her that she never stopped visiting me in prison even after her, her outburst at me in Qatar. My re-imprisonment the day after my release was covered and harshly criticized in international news. Analogies were drawn behind the military regime and Nazi Germany or Stalin Soviet Union. In fact, I was not the only political prisoner subjected to such a cruel joke or psychological warfare. A slightly different but similar thing had happened to the late lawyer Ugo Yu and the late journalist Wu Wintin, both acclaimed writers and founding members of the National League for Democracy. One day, Uwin Din was told he was being released and taken to the prison gate. As he was about to exit, he was told it was a mistake and immediately taken back to his cell. True to form, Uwin Din did not flinch. Like I said, I was not shocked by what happened to me, but I could not help wondering why why I was released one day and detained the following day. My best guess is that the news of my telephone conversations with my children abroad and foreign news outlets upon my release must have reached and irritated the top echelons of the military. They then perhaps decided that I must still be caged. I later learned that the warden of Qatar prison suffered a three-month demo demotion for setting me free prematurely. It was alleged that he released me on 23rd September 2008 because he had misunderstood or misinterpreted the orders from his superiors. The authorities decided that I must also take the blame for the whole saga. Ludicrous logic. The warden looked troubled and sounded apologetic when he informed me that the Ministry of Home Affairs would no longer grant me a reduction in sentence by two months, which I was entitled to. In addition to the full 14-year sentence, I would now have to serve two more months. I thought to myself that the extra two-month period to my already lengthy prison term was thrown in as a bonus by the Ministry of Home Affairs. After winning the April 2012 by-election, I served as a member of parliament. By then, the ex-home minister, who in 2008 added the two-month bonus to my prison term, was an MP representing the military-backed Union Solidarity and Development Party. Hoping to have a small chat, I tried several times to approach him in the parliament compound. Whenever I tried to catch his attention, he turned away. In 2015, my time as an MP came to an end, but I never had a chance to speak with him. Thank you very much, Chitsu. So I think we'll leave it there for today so that they're not too long for people who uh, seek to listen to these episodes. And uh, you and I'll have a chat to work out what next chapters or parts of chapters you'd like to, to read. Thanks, Chitsu. Thank you, Peter.